Blog Talk Radio. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland. And our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said of this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction, the place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 8.32 You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hey, how y'all doing? Welcome to the Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong, your host of the Prophecy Zone. I'd like to welcome y'all. Happily, y'all having a great, blessed Saturday afternoon. We have two special guests. First guest we're going to bring on for the first hour. We're going to have Nico Hill. He is a uh, former cage fighter turned meth addict turned Christian. Uh, and he has going to he has an interesting story that he wants to share, and um, once you start to listen to him, you would be blessed by his testimony. In the second hour, we have Brother August Russo. Uh, hopefully, I'm not butchering his name. Um, I was trying to I, I looked at his name for the first time, and, and it's actually Ro Russo. Russo. So um, I was listening, uh, on the treadmill a couple of days ago, and uh, I got the honor to watch this brother uh, do an interview, uh, and it was on Christ and prophecy. And uh, on the show, they were uh, the Dave Reagan, who is the uh, host of the show, was uh, this is television uh, on one of the networks, Christian networks, was interviewing 20 uh, individuals who are known in the Bible prophecy circles. And they were talking about the 70 weeks of Daniel. And are there, is there a gap in between, uh, or are there gaps in between uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel? And I'm going to get him to talk about that a little bit. And uh, Nathan Jones was also uh, on the show, and I think Bill Silas. I'm not sure. I got a bad memory. Uh, I need the Holy Spirit to clean my memory out from all the aspartame and diet soda. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I was amazed at how they were uh, presenting um, the biblical information. And there was a lot of information to obtain, and he he had actually had like twenty people uh, on the show for the interviews. Well, anyway, uh, so when when he comes on, we're going to talk about that. 
uh, he is he has a radio show on uh, Blog Talk Radio called Today in Bible Prophecy Radio. So uh, stay tuned for that. And he said he might be a little late. Hopefully he can make it. Lucky I have the gift of gab. I can cover it uh, if he doesn't make it. Uh, last last show, if y'all listen, was kind of terrible because I sort of wasn't prepared to gab. Uh, and I had two amazing guests. Um, and uh, the first one was um, Tommy Ice. And the second was supposed to have been John McTurnan, but uh, the mistake that I made is I did not start to restart the computer before the show, and in in order to let my guest on, you have to have uh, the computer fresh and ready to go for the whole two hours. And that, luckily, I don't have I don't have a three hour account, or imagine what would happen then. The computer might even blow up. Um, so I, I I was just before the show I I was on. Um, a couple of news um, uh, websites, the Times of Israel, and it talks about the Middle East uh, Quartet seeks Israel-Palestinian action by 2014. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> on the show, we're not going to make any predictions uh, or prophecies, or rather, blankly out prophecies that's relevant to predictions. Uh, because I think what happens is a lot of ministries want to be right. Have you ever been around a bunch of guys who love football and everyone just has an, uh, has something to say about who's going to win the Super Bowl and what, what running back's the best and who is the best all-time running back or who's the best all-time football team? And we all want to be right. We all want to be Monday morning quarterbacks. I remember being in high school when uh, I would go to school and, uh, you know, and the same person who told me Green Bay was going to beat somebody on Friday was the same person who told me that, you know, the opposite on Monday. And I'm like, you know, doggone way, you didn't tell me Green Bay was going to win. You told me Chicago was going to win or whatever, or Chicago, you know. But um, late night, it's, it's raining here. I, I think I got um, – uh, sleepy, sleepy itis before the show. Hopefully, I don't butcher it like I did the last show. <clears throat> anyway, we're gonna uh, take a look at this because I think it's very uh, important as far as the Syrian uh, conflict that's been going on. Uh, we have now the quartet talking about Israeli-Palestinian action. Now, the action they're talking about <clears throat> is a peace deal. Uh, and they say that it's a nine, in nine months they would like to get a peace deal. Now, let's count nine months. <laughs> let's count nine months. So it's October. We got October, November, December. That's three. And then three plus six will be what? June? Uh, so, yeah, they're talking about a time period no less than the first half of next year. Which do I believe that this could happen? Yeah, anything can happen. <clears throat> but... Uh, when they holler peace, peace, total destruction will come upon them. And, and when you bark up the tree of peace, opposite of the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, there is no peace. Uh, and um, some people get peace with money. Some people get peace with recreation, sex, drugs, rec rock and roll, whatever, uh, watching football. 
you know, going on vacation. But the, there's always uh, that peace that no one can give but Christ, and he is here to fill the void of every human being. And <clears throat> that's when you get that perfect peace. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take a break. And then, uh, uh-oh, I swear this Block Talk Radio gets me every time. Anyway, we're going to quickly take a break, and then we'll be back with our guests. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity on Block Talk Radio. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcternan.name. Now, be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church of the concentration camps of the enemy. Your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to The Zone, The Prophecy Zone.
circle. He had a show on Spike TV and was in movies. He was a cage fighter that went all over the world. He also became an addict to smoking uh, mel- uh, sorry, meth uh, daily for a decade and almost died. He reached out to God's hand. He gave him a mir- uh, ministry. Nico has been clean over two years now. He shares the poems that God gave him during the 10-year career as a meth addict. God gave him these words, one word at a time. And Nico's severity, he was able to be to to make sense of these words and now shares them with the world. God created a miracle in Nico's life. Um, so um, when you listen to this brother, um, just uh, ask God to uh, share his wisdom with you through Nico's words. Um, Nico, you there? I sure am. Hey, how you doing, man? You know, I- I'm doing just fine, Phil, and I wanted to uh, make mention to Frank DeMora. He's somebody that we both have in common that was uh, kind enough to put us both together. And yes, the Holy amen. Spirit opens up doors, you know. Here we are. Amen. 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 Yeah. I just had Nico on. Um, I just had um, Frank on Nico. <laughs> I just had Frank on about a week ago. And uh, that was a blessing. And uh, that was a blessing that he gave uh, me your uh, email address. Um, so um, so uh, where, are you, where are you from? You out in California? Yes, sir. I'm actually a native Southern Californian. Oh, wow. Is it warm out there? Because it's always raining out here. Yeah, you know what? It, it tends to be uh, sunny in Southern California most of yeah. the time. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm interested in hearing about your career. Uh, how did you get into cage fighting? And, and we go from there. Well, you know, um, cage fighting, uh, NHB, Extreme, and UAGF, when I fought, there was really no weight division. UAGF there was, but before that, NHB and Extreme there wasn't. Yeah. So it gave me an opportunity to go to Russia and to uh, to Brazil and other parts of the world and and kind of experience the, uh, the uh, native background and break bread with uh, warriors and, and all kinds of fighters. And uh, it definitely was an interesting time in my life. Martial arts being a very big part of my life, coming from a home where violence and abuse was really my only foundation, so it kind of led to a young man chasing broken promises and shattered dreams, you know, just yeah. to have any worldly attention. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just so um, you when you got the chance to fight all over the world, what was your, um, um, I guess, what was your, uh, were you a champion, or did you win championships, or and how long were you doing it? You know, I fought off and on for about eight years, and uh, before that, which is really kind of ironic, is I did a lot of martial arts and action films that uh-huh. that portrayed <clears throat> no rules fighters, that portrayed yeah. fighting in the cage, and, and that was pretty much the genre of the action films at that time. I co-starred in yeah. Bloodsport 2, which was a sequel to Bloodsport. 
which was all about the Kumite. And then all these different films that I've done uh, in the past had that type of uh, genre, that type of uh, storyline to it. So, you know, it was kind of like to go from the movies, Phil, to go to the real cage and fight. Yeah. It was quite an experience. And, um, you know, it's kind of like art imitating life. And I just felt like if I'm going to portray this character on movies, then uh, I should be able to do it in real life as well. And at the same time, I had a very uh, well-known underground stand-up and ground mixed martial arts dojo called Strategic Street Self-Defense. And um, wow. I uh, you know, ran that school for about 10 years. So oh, wow. it was just a progression. I've never yeah. seen a referee on the streets. And I was involved in a lot of different street fights. I never started them, but I had a tendency to, you know, finish them. And yeah. uh, like my sensei told me, you know, at that time, you know, uh, you know, you pretty much just look at it as though if you go in there and and uh, you lose, victories in the participation. Uh, you go in there to win. You go in there to be a champion. But inanimate objects. As we well know, in the body of Christ, are not for long. Yeah, yeah. So you were, so you were in movies first, and then you became a um, fighter. So what was the, what was the um, bridging point? I mean, where, where did you find out about that you actually can get in a cage and fight? Uh, and did you make more money fighting in the cage than you did in movies? You know, uh, back when I was fighting, there wasn't a big payday like there is now. Uh, yeah. I was in a movie that was never released with uh, starring opposite of uh, Frank Shamrock and uh, Randy Couture and a lot of the other uh, mixed martial arts champions. And the payday that they have now is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, more power to them. But when I was fighting, uh, there wasn't a big payday. Like Oleg Tekarov, who was the ultimate, ultimate fighting champion, for the UFC, he promoted a fight in Russia, kind enough to allow myself and Ghetto Man Joe Charles to to be there and to fight and to experience that. And uh, I got to see, like I said, a lot of the world. And the bridge actually came when uh, a fight promoter by the name of Federico Laponda, who was uh, very well known in, in Brazil, asked me to be a celebrity judge at one of his Valley Tudos, which is a no-rules tournament at the uh, – in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, at the Maksu Plaza. And they had all the biggest cage fighters out there at the time. And um, I said, you know what? Rather than just be a celebrity judge, since I'm, you know, a martial artist in my own right, I have a school, you know, why not just let me fight? And you can imagine my, my, my uh, agent, my manager at the time, had told me before I left, under no circumstances, was I to do that because I made mention that I might want to do that. But uh, as uh, it would have it, I actually got in there and ended up fighting a man named uh, Pedro Izzo, who later on became the ultimate, ultimate fighting champion and uh, uh, had a good string and a good run. So, you know, just like anything else in life, man, it kind of started out 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man. So, wow. Cage fighting. So, so, I mean, how many fights did you happen to have when, during your career? 
Well, they say uh, my official record is like 38 and 2. Um, you usually get more acclaim and more um, reputation from uh, word of mouth than actual fighting. You know, um, like I say, to me, all the fighting and everything that I that I went through was, I think, for such a time as this. Because the one thing we can't do as Christians and in the body of Christ and as soldiers for God, we can't be afraid to walk into the cage of life and to stand up yeah. for Jesus and stand on his rock, you know, be washed by his blood, pick up his cross. Because he reaches down from the heaven, grabs us from the pits that we're in, places our feet on a rock, and tells us just tell the truth. So I give it all up to him. I give all the glory. It's his story. He took my mess and made it a message. He took my test and made it a testimony. And the reason I'm doing this, Phil, and the reason that I'm so honored that you gave me this platform, that I've never seen a human being with angel wings. You know, I don't know about you, but I figured they'd be up there flying instead of down here with us dying. And we're all in the body of Christ, and we all have a you know, we all have a obligation as well as an honor to tell our story. So when I tell a testimony. I tell my testimony so other people will have the courage and the fortitude to tell their testimony. Because like it says in the Bible, you know, Jesus says, not just my disciples, but anyone who is willing to give a testimony on my behalf is one with me like I am with my Father. And that's really, as human beings, that's, that's one of the most uh, honorable things that we can do and the most rewarding thing we can do is to die to self, die to pride, die to ego, and uh, allow Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit that's always been inside of us to kind of take over. Amen, amen. Hey, I, I need you to do me a favor. Um, I have to, uh, so I want you to just, I know what we said before the show, we were going to say those for later, but do me a favor and read a couple of those poems. I'm going to put you on um, hold, and um, I want you to take the floor. And uh, I was almost as if you're a co-host, and I need to talk to uh, Pastor Russo um, uh, on the line um, because I, I kind of made a boo-boo. I, I told him that I accidentally told him I was I don't know if I thought I was talking to you or what, but I told him five five o'clock, which is seven o'clock his time. So if you can do that for me, that would be awesome. I'll put myself on hold and I'll go talk to him. Okay, you got it. When you come back on, just let me know. Yes, sir. And to obey. And there I was, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I cried out my heart's cry in my mind's eye just said here I am God and once again I would choose to stand alone the innocent cries coming from my mother's womb to this fallen child that stands before you that slowly gave away pieces of his very own soul and your beautiful colors they drift in and out of my mind and your heavenly music plays Lord but the truth is as you can see for someone like me, it's just out of time. So please don't ask me why, for when I lay down my head tonight, 
I know in my heart I will never wake to breathe, to laugh, to cry. So please take me away to a place I can be. Take me away to a place that you carefully prepared in the heavens above that I may never leave. For I remember once when you told me to go and seek out the wise man. And when I do, sit down and ask him, did he truly have a purpose left for me to do? And how long before I was to realize that the wise man was in your word, your truth, your light, your sacrifice, and your forgiveness, and it's always and forever been you. And yet here I am, and once again I will choose to stand on my own. See, four corners and darkness is all that my eyes can now see. I realize, sadly, this is my true destiny. So please have mercy on a fallen child like me. See, I hear the voices, and I feel the chill. <coughs> Satan will taunt me, and the enemy will haunt me. And the terror of a new day is all that keeps me alive, for I realize I only exist at this moment on this earth for my own suicide. And yet here I am, God. And you never left me alone. I can hear your Holy Spirit. said, turn around, get up, and return back to your home. So please ask me why, for when I lay down my head tonight, I will look into your eyes and I will reply, I cannot wait to wake up and cry, for you are my before and you are my after. You dried all of my tears. You held me in the palm of your hand. And now I know there will be a day when I will see you again. And this time in heaven's time, it will never end. Amen. Amen. That was great, man. That was God. Uh, so, hey, tell me, brother, um, so when you were doing cage fighting, uh, how did you end up getting on meth? Well, you know, um, the world says, what can you do for me? How soon can you do it? And what do you want in return? I just didn't know at the time, in all my pride and all my ego and all myself, that Jesus was waiting patiently to give you the gift of living water, the gift of salvation that no one, no matter where we're at, no matter what we've done, no matter who we know, we can never even earn. And, and, uh, so I think that premeditation, malicious intent by the enemy to put you in solitary spiritual confinement and to introduce you to the different poisons in life. And through free will, I made the choice because I had retired from fighting. I'd given up the acting. My mom had passed away from a, uh, from a um, over-the-counter prescription drug overdose and um i was pretty much done with you know what i'm saying so i was pretty much at a point to where i was tired of the smoking mirrors and the perception and i thought to myself well you know nico since you've been through every kind of abuse as a child physical mental sexual you know you might as well go ahead and just uh cash it in and the only thing i hated worse than myself at that time so much like the demoniac on the island of Capernaum, running around cutting myself and eating carcasses, waiting for Jesus to come, demon possessed. You know, at that particular time, I just realized that, you know, I'm going to be all in in the dark world. So I became a bodyguard for drug dealers, daydreamers, gunslingers, dominatrix, you know, and and uh, never I never rolled on anybody. I never ratted on anybody. But, you know, I thought I was doing something right because I kept women from being raped, and I kept kids from being molested, but, you know, I became a fiend's fiend, so 
you know, I went from never doing drugs to being a, you know, an addict. And, you know, I went from the parties and the lights, camera, action to my own room with demonic spirits that would speak to me. And the only purpose was for me to OD. So, you know, that poison was waiting for me. And I say spiritual integrity is allowing Jesus back the authority to transform us to what he originally created us to be before we, with our free will and the enemy, made the wrong choices. So it's not the chances we take and the choices we make that determine our fate because it's not where we're at, it's who we're with. It's not what we took, but what do we sacrifice and suffer to give? It's not how we die, but how do we live? And the only peace of mind in this nine-to-five grind is if we have Jesus Christ from the inside. Amen. So the Holy Spirit was speaking all the time because he always keeps his hand on his children. Okay. And we're all God's children, each, each and every one of us, wherever we're at. That's the one thing we all have. That's our common denominator. We're all Amen. God's children. Amen. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right, so we're going to take a really, really quick break, and then we're going to come back just for get yourself something to drink and then come back and and continue this interview with Nico Hill. We'll be right back. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us
Welcome to the Prophecy Zone, the place to stay informed about current events that line up with Bible prophecy. And now, your watchman on the wall and host, Bill Armstrong. Once again, we're back with our guest, Nico Hill. Uh, wonderful uh, interview so far. Um, we'd like to get him on again. Um, and this time we can have a more uh, organized uh, interview. I am getting more people on at the same time. Hopefully, uh, with more practice, I'll be an excellent interviewer. I'll put the er in there. Okay, so Nico, uh, let's go ahead and continue on what we were talking about, uh, about your addiction. Uh, how long did you struggle with your addiction? Well, you know, um, I struggled with my addiction probably for about a 15-year period, 10 years to where I was basically, as I said, I was in solitary confinement by the enemy. And, uh, you know, there was time still where, you know, I had maybe 10 people in the room and 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 the outcome, let's just say the through line of all the the debauchery and the pornography and the affliction, the addiction, and the brokenness and the darkness and everything else, everything else that goes along with that. You know, um, I would realize after maybe a two- or three-day period that they were never real. And that's when I realized that the portal between demonic spirits that can speak to you, that can appear that, you know, can actually take on the form of a human being. Uh, you know, I was diagnosed with being bipolar, 5150, a very dangerous person of interest. And I say this so your listeners can understand that in your darkest time, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, God the Father, is reaching out and calling you and telling you, all you must do is just say, let me in. Save me, if you're real. Because God sees our tears, and he hears our prayers. And, and, and I want people to understand that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're at. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now. God loves you. And I made a covenant. I said, God, I will cease and desist from the darkness, from the brokenness, from the addiction. If you will show me what peace of mind is. And I think, Phil, that's what we're all searching for. We're all searching for peace of mind, like you said, that surpasses all understanding. And, you know, I'm new in the body of Christ. I was just rebaptized as a Seventh-day Adventist uh, about... A week ago, and I was baptized when I was nine years old, but, you know, I, you know, I just feel that, you know, that the only peace of mind that we can find is if we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside, and we all do. We all do. There's nothing that anybody does. There's nothing that, you know, or anybody's at that they can't right now get down on their knees. And if they can't do that, they can even do an open-eye prayer. Listen, here's how God works, if I could be so bold. God could have transformed me, transformed me through 
my addiction and my darkness and the world that I was in, the red light district without a watch, so to speak, a bodyguard for the darkness, he could have transformed me through prison, through jail, through being shot or stabbed or ODing or whatever, and then brought me back. And he brought me back from ODN several times. But do you know how he surgically repaired me was through divine Holy Spirit-inspired poetry. Hmm. That's what I want people to understand, that he did it for such a time as this. And see, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. He gives us the platform, then he gives you the tools. And it's just up for us to say, okay, God, you lead. I'll walk through the doors that you open. I will not get crushed by the ones that you close. I know you can open doors that no man can open. You can close doors that no man can close. No weapon against us shall prosper. We're the head. We're not the tail. That we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And and that is our true father. That is our identity. I think that's the problem, Phil. A lot of us identity is where we're at, what we're doing, and our surrounding. And it's not. Our identity is that we are a child of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he loves us with all his mind, all his heart, all his soul. And that's why when he said, you know, what's your, to Jesus, what's your most important commandment? He's like, love God, love my God with all your mind, heart, and soul. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Well, I've got to be honest with you, man. That's just how it is. You don't love yourself. You can't love God. With all your mind, your heart, and your soul. You don't love yourself. You can't love your neighbor like you love yourself. So the real key is to learn to love yourself. And the only way you can do that is to know you're forgiven. Oh, man. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. So uh, when you were uh, uh, addicted, I know it's kind of a, a broad question to ask. Uh, through a 15-year-old 15-year period, but what was what was your deepest deepest um, periods of despair? Can you explain how that felt, and maybe you can even explain that in poetry or poem, poem or something? You know, um, yeah, you know, I'm up here to open up my wounds, man, because you know um, that's the only way I can really stand up for Jesus is to tell the truth and. To be honest with you, there was times where I would be so high for so long of a period of time, and I was bodyguarding for 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 the darkness, and and I would get a certain amount of food just so I could stay, that I could eat, and and stay alive, and you know more drugs dropped off like dominoes in thirty minutes or less, yeah. and. Um, I think in that world they were actually thinking in, in their heart of hearts that they were doing me a favor because I was a fiend's fiend and they were supplying the need. But to be quite honest with you, um, there was times where I would go to lay down after maybe being up for three, four, or five days and till my heart would pound so, so much it felt like it was coming out of my chest and it was going in reverse. Like if you took a top and you wound it up, you wound it up, you wound it up, you wound it up, and then at the end of the day you just pulled the string and it just went reverse on you. And, yeah. and I felt like I need to get up. And I would go to get up and I would feel a pair of hands much stronger than me push me back down. I would go to get back up and they push me back down. 
I would hear whispers in my ear that were mm-hmm. demonic. And and I would, you know, I prayed to a God I didn't even know. You know, I I didn't even know to save me. I wanted yeah. to die, and I'm going to tell you, the only thing you want to live is when you're really dying. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I can tell you so many times where that type of scenario had happened, and... And, you know, God had his hand on me. The Holy Spirit had his hand on me. He didn't care if I didn't love him. He didn't care if I didn't know him. He didn't even care if I was mad at him. He didn't care if I talked bad about him. See, that's what a true father does that really loves his child. He loves us unconditionally. He loved me unconditionally. He had to have because I would be dead right now. And like I said, if you would have known me, so 10, 15 years ago, you know, my hand continually would shake. I couldn't speak. You know, I spoke with a stutter, so to speak. Uh, but the poetry started to, 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 to refine my mind. And I did a lot of damage. Don't get me wrong. I'm still suffering from some of the damage. But, you know, just like, just like Saul when he was converted to Paul, he still had a thorn in his side. He was shipwrecked twice. You know, he was left to die on an island, bitten by a snake. You know, he was stoned. And at the same time, he became one of the greatest evangelists, you know, for the power of Jesus Christ. And he had to be blinded. But those scales of sin come off of our eyes. And and to share something with you, you know, I want to share two with you right now. I want to share one with you called Listen, if I may. And I want to share one with you called Weapon. And listen is what we're going through right now. And it's written by the Holy Spirit. I just want to impress upon your listeners that this was written in the darkness when I was broken, when I was weak, when I was afflicted, when I was poisoned, when I was addicted, when I was in spiritual solitary by the enemy. That's when the poetry was written, one word at a time, for over a 10-year period. And it said to me, when we all walk down our own streets tonight, how many of us will stay and put on a look that only comes when you feel all your hope is forever gone? For no matter how hard we may try, only you, God, know the real reasons why, but have all our dreams, our wants, our hopes, our needs, and our desires, have they been pushed aside and one by one become denied? And please tell me, how does one prepare for the eyes of a cold, hungry, distant, lost, Lonely stare. And those are the windows of everyone else's soul that speaks of the frustration and the confusion and the devastation that once again is in your airs. Is this a live and let live world that we are in? Then please tell me, why do some hurt anyone just to climb to the top? Will we ever come to understand? On that path, the end of all man will be the last stop. Does it matter the stories that we came? Does the ending always have to turn out the same? When those city blocks and those sidewalks begin crying out your name. So see, Phil, I'm just going to keep asking, only for your answer. One right now we desperately need. Can we find peace of mind, keep our hope alive? For we are your children. We're trying to survive. What is left for us to believe in? And why would someone as perfect as you, the creator of everyone and everything, Lord of Lord and King of Kings, why would you take the time to listen to a broken sinner like me? For is it not all of our children? Why are some of them left alone on those corners? Man, they're far too young. Is their innocence gone? 
can they ever truly belong? Different faces from different places, but after all these years, we must listen. Do they still cry those same unheard, lost, lonely, and forgotten tears? And then when we honor the brave, how do we truly thank them for the lives that they gave? For too soon, we would just... We just visit another hero's grave. So please tell me, my Lord, I need to know what progress, if any, have we ever truly made. For we're not more than willing to pay the price. But at what cost? If someone ever drops that bomb, then everyone here listening, they're going to be gone. And only you know which side won and which side lost. See, so, my Lord, I'm going to keep asking. Only for your answer. One right now we desperately need. Can we find peace of mind? Keep our hope alive. We are your children, and we are trying to survive. What is left for us to believe in? Why would someone as perfect as you, the creator of everyone and everything, Lord of Lord and King of Kings, why would you take the time to listen to a sinner like me? And then a still, small voice said, please stop talking. You need to take the time to be still and listen. For don't you know by now I am the only reason for each and every one of my children to keep on believing? When your spirit was weak and you were going to let go, I was the only one with the right, the power, the strength, and the will. Hold on. Your lessons are not yet over in the struggle for your soul, I know. It continues on. But you are all of my children. I was crucified, rose again, so each and every one of you would have the chance to be forgiven. You listen. My angels are singing. You listen. One day on my command, all the evil you see will be leaving. And you will join me forever this time, my holy kingdom. You need to take time to stop talking. Please keep on praying. My Holy Spirit. Still Amen. reverent. Listen. Amen. That was great, brother. Well, you know what, Phil? I don't take credit for it. I'm not I'm not the author, I'm just the gatekeeper. And I'm no. gonna tell you people that are listening right now, understand that when you're in that dark period of time, the last thing you want to hear about is redemption, empathy, salvation, forgiveness, the light, and yet God still loved his child enough to give me this poetry. And I don't know where we are with our time or what we need to do or not need to do. But I told you I was going to share another one with you, Weapon. Uh, if you want to let me, would you like to hear that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I just want to preface Weapon with, you know, as fighters and as, as human beings in this world that we live in, it doesn't matter where we're at, you know, we all have this this cry, as I said, for peace of mind. And, and it's not about flesh blood and bone anymore. It's it's principalities and strongholds and high places. It's the demonic fallen angels. It's our own free will and the enemy. And we have to choose our weapon. You know, we have to be willing to put on the armor of God. So they say that beauty resides in the eyes of its beholder. But for this to remain true, it can never fade away as we we just attempt to grow older. For the rumors and innuendos are uttered from the mouth of the whispering shadows. And the voices that seem to follow you everywhere, you need to take the time to turn around. I promise you, with faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, there's no one ever standing there. 
Now, I know we're still aware of regret. We do have false promises we need to erase. We have a thirst for a truth we can finally embrace. And the quest of peace of mind, God's patience is what's needed. It has its own sweet time. No matter how many desperate hours alone you may have felt are pleaded. So let me ask you something. Do you have what you want? Do you take what you think you need? And to know you're alive, do you breathe? Or do you always have to be? Yeah, under the light, it only takes one to start a village. But in the cover of the night, who's that one that will stand and order the rape and the pillage? What I want to know is whose heart did you succeed and whose eyes did you fail? And why are we so obsessed with that earthly opinion? We're willing to exist within our own private hell. And when we're asked to leave, is that truly the end? Or will our spirit move on and finish out God's master plan? So what I really want to know, Phil, is where do we go? What sees our soul? How do we know when we're healed and whole? See, I know the words that are spoken can leave your spirit beaten, bloody, and broken. I remember the last time everyone bled. The weapon of choice is what the evil one had said. But the words that are spoken can leave your spirit alive, driven in hope. And I also remember the time that we were all led. It was the same weapon of choice, but what the righteous one had said. But we can never stop trying because then that's when everyone here listening, including me, and you start past the lies and the darkness and the deception, I promise with faith in Jesus Christ, there'll be someone stand at the end that we can all believe in once again. But as I live and breathe, Christian, this battle that we're in, that is my one and only chosen weapon. Amen. Amen. Wow. That was a blessing, brother. That was a real true blessing. And I'd like to thank you for sharing that with us and all your other poetry and poems and things. Uh, and i um, love to get you back on in the future and share more wonderful works of the Spirit through you. Um, brother, that was a true gift uh, that God has bestowed upon you. And I'd like to encourage you to keep going and and being used as a vessel for God's word because many people out there are addicted to various devices that are um, stopping them from um, doing what God wants them to be doing. And me, myself, it's, you know, it wasn't drugs, but it was alcohol. And uh, God set me free from that. And I now I'm being used by God myself. So you are a blessing um, to behold, uh, and I appreciate those who are working with you, and um, I commend them for being uh, aggressive and for the kingdom of God. And, and thank you very much, brother. Uh, if you can, uh, uh, give us your website and where they can get a hold of your um, videos and things that you share. You know, I, 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 no problem, Phil. And, uh, you know, if I can say something, you know, you are a great host. Don't think that you're not because less is more sometimes. And you give your uh, your listeners your heart, and that's all you can do. And um, you. give a shout-out to my girlfriend, Holly Anderson, who built the website, and my uh, my assistant, and prayer warrior Patrick and Draken, and uh, one of my brothers out in NorCal, Mike Barber, and uh, just the entire body of Christ for uh, not giving up. 
for uh, taking the lead and standing on the rock and picking up the cross and being washed by the blood. And and my website is God's Soldier Ministries. God's is plural, soldier, singular, <coughs> ministry. And that's .com or .org. And at the same time, what I'd like to do, uh, I don't know what my time is, but I'd like to uh, to um, to kind of give you a testimony and more of a uh, a, a rap form that take about a minute and a half. Okay, go for it. All right. You gonna do a beat for me? No, I'm just kidding. Next time, <laughs> next time. But he goes like this. I can see the righteous and the scandalous and the frightened and the hopeless. I can see the righteous and the scandalous and the frightened and the hopeless. I was born word deed. Honor and bond, I'm going to stand, fight the enemy till the battle is done. But why am I so afraid to stay with some of my mind? I do what I'm told every single time, and now I'm hiding in the shadows all day long. I can't make a move until God's light is gone. Now I am beaten, I'm broken, I'm all on my own, so I will make the only choice I can never come back from. So if today is the day that I'm chosen to die, who's going to stop what they're doing and take the time to cry? If we have nothing to believe in, that would be the reason. we got tears in our eyes. God taught us never to be sad or alone. I see through his eyes, his heart, his soul. I chose a different road to beyond that star. I'm steady waiting for his righteous call. So I'm going to keep praying for the gangsters doing time. And our brave soldiers still fighting on the front line. Whether we're up in that mansion and we're living the dream, or we're down on the street and we're fighting for anything to eat. Whether we worship that almighty dollar, or we're preaching with or without that collar. For we were born, word, deed, honor, and bond. We're going to stand and fight the enemy till the battle is done. And that's when God's children just said we will keep Holding on, God is keeping our spirit strong. We are so ready for the path that we are on, and he is forever singing a song. And then when we're in the heat, the eye, the roar, the heart, we're in the heat, the eye, the roar, the heart, we're in the heat of his battle, but we'll keep fighting. We're in the eye of the storm, we're watching all his lightning. We're in the roar of his thunder, but we ain't frightened. We're in the heart of his jungle, we are his lions. See, now I'm holding back my tears so you'll never catch me crying. But look for me, man. I'm with the angels and we're flying. Please pray for me because come one day like you, yeah, I'm dying. But believe me because it's God's word. I keep on testifying. So my only dream is to finish this song. My only hope is that you will sing along. My only hope is to finish this song. My only dream is that you will sing along because we're a soldier standing next to our Savior. Our mouth was dry, but righteousness is our flavor. So we will honor and love each and every neighbor. And that path will justify this behavior. Because our eyes are open to all that's right. Our mind is closed to all that's wrong. We're standing strong and understand it's dark as before dawn. I know it's been a while, but it can't be long. And it's a guarantee we're going home. Now I'm walking in the light. For me, there's no more hiding. So give me a pen and paper. Fill his truth, I'll keep on writing. But please believe me, can't you see? My life is so exciting. To the very day I die, it's his word I keep on testifying. Amen. Amen. That was smooth. That well, was like really I said, man, I'm not the author. I don't have no paper in front of me. You know, I get up there and, and, I, and, I, and I get the worship hour, 
at the different sanctuaries and the different prayer weeks and the different academies and the different detention camps and 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 halfway houses and on the street it doesn't matter it's already been written and and I'm so thankful to the Holy Spirit for writing my ministry for such a time as this the last release in the lot amen amen that's that's awesome brother and I thank you for coming on um, the show, and uh, I'd like to try to get you again before the end of the year. Excuse me, I'm tearing, I'm tearing a piece of paper, so please um, forgive me. Um, yeah, I'd like to get you on before the end of the year and share some more of your poetry and poems. Uh, that would be awesome, brother, if you can come on probably sometime later on in the, or even the beginning of the year would be awesome. But thank you, you know, for... Uh, I- go ahead. We'll let God lead, and and it'll be an honor Amen. to uh, uh, to uh, be on this platform anytime you need me, man. You know, it, yep. it, like I said, I made a prayer that night, Phil. It wasn't, you know, hey, you know, God, please, you know, help me so I can help others. It was let me help others so I can help myself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Covenant. You know? So, Amen. right. Yeah. We look at what we got. God, you know, Jesus when He was on this earth. You know, he said, man, the birds have nests and the wolves have dens, but I have no place. So we all, you know, we could all be homeless at Christmas. So there's a reason we yeah. keep on breathing, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So, brother, thank you so much. And um, like I say, you were a blessing, and God is using you mightily. Uh, you have a wonderful week, uh, weekend, and I'll be getting in touch with you soon. Thank you. To my man, and good luck to our uh, blessings to you and your uh, your other interview. Okay, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to uh, come back and talk a little bit before our guests come on. We'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one Once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. America's habit forming. Status habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com.
out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. New world coming. America will become increasingly vulnerable to hostile attack on our homeland, and our military superiority will not entirely protect us. Not protect us. Americans will likely die on American soil. And I believe it will also be said at this age, the first decade of the 21st century, that out of what is, will be seen as the greatest restructuring of the global economy, perhaps one even greater than at the time of the Industrial Revolution, a new world order was created. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order. Now, get ready to enter the zone where real life is stranger than fiction. The place where the news may seem like a dream, and the dream may be a matrix of reality. Let us now expose all lie of the devil and bring to light all the secrets of the enemy, because God truth will set you free. John 832. You're listening to This Week in the Zone with your host and watchman on the wall, Phil Armstrong. Hello everybody, this is Brother Phil Armstrong. I'm coming to you live from Spokane, Washington. And uh, we are here tonight to welcome our special guest, August Baruso. And he is an excellent Bible teacher. As a matter of fact, um, I was not expecting to see um, this brother as I got on the treadmill and I was watching TV. uh, And it's like 20 feet away. And I got my glasses on, and uh, I was watching uh, Christ and Prophecy, and they were having a Bible conference, and they were talking about, and I'm going to ask them the questions tonight, about Daniel 9:27, And um, it was like 20 um, men, and some of them have been on my show. As a matter of fact, Nathan Jones has been being on my show next month or something. I have to check the calendar. But um, I turned up the TV, and I wasn't expecting Brother to pop up on the screen. I said, wow, oh, sweet. Let me turn it up. And, and, I, and I got blessed. 
I just got blessed by all those speakers, and I'm gonna watch it again tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna take the series from Christ and Prophecy because I, I've I've always had a DVR, but I never take that series. I always take Jack Van Impe or somebody, but that's I I enjoy that show. And the the, the last time uh, uh, I was able to watch. Uh, you know something like that and enjoy it. This is very rare, uh, to say the least. So <clears throat> y'all can check that out. Christ and prophecy, and I'll ask him what channel we can get that on a little bit later. But uh, uh, August uh, Rusuda uh, was served April two um, twenty two nineteen eighty eight and developed a love for prophecy, Bible prophecy. In Jewish history, he attended the Institute of Bible Studies. Uh, today, uh, it's called the um, uh, today the Institute of Jewish Studies of uh, the Friends of Israel uh, Gospel Ministry. His studies include today um, the tours with Israel. He also enrolled in the Institute of Jewish uh, Christian Studies, where he graduated in May of 1996. He pastors Blessed Hope Baptist Fellowship from 1999 to 2003, and he felt the need um, to evangelize churches in Israel on Bible prophecy and current events and found Keep Looking Up Ministries, and later he changed it to Today in Bible Prophecy. Uh, so he left pastoring and traveled the country to uh, Inform churches of current events and Bible prophecy, and I like to uh, I like to really uh, apologize for because my glasses are dirty, and uh, when I when I'm looking at the studio, it's black and with white writing. So when I started reading that, I started seeing things, uh, but uh, I got through it. Uh, well accomplished uh, Bible teacher. Uh, which uh, I really, really respect uh, his views. I listen to his show uh, probably for about a year now, and I, I'm blessed every time I, I watch his show. But um, without further ado, I'm going to bring Brother August on. Brother, you there? Yeah, I'm here, Phil. How you doing, brother? All right. How you doing, sir? Well, we are just great. We are here in Gulfport, Mississippi, where I will be preaching a four-day prophecy conference at the Biloxi Rivers Baptist Church, which Sunday going all the way into uh, Wednesday. So if uh, there are any listeners out there that live anywhere in this area, come on out to the church. I'd love to meet you. Amen. Amen. That would be something to look forward to, especially if I can get there. I live in uh, Spokane, Washington, which... Uh, Surprisingly, Coeur d'Alene has a uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho has a lot of Bible prophecy uh, conferences yeah. that I would like to actually get a get a chance to get to one of them if I can. Matter of fact, they got one in October, which would be awesome to go to. Um, let me um, first um, start off by um, talking um, about. Uh, let us start off by talking about. Um, uh, Daniel uh, 27, and the question was about the gap in between um, verses. I'm not sure what the verses <laughs> what they were, but yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah, a gap. In, about, 
Yeah. Uh, can you explain what what you were what what they asked you and and explain it to the audience um, so they can get an idea of what you guys were talking about at the conference? Sure. And and once again, Phil, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. So it's, uh, it's a real honor to do that. Um, we just recently, uh, last December, uh, my good friend, uh, Dr. David R. Reagan, who founded a ministry called uh, Land and Lion Ministry, uh, yeah. based out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, they have a nationwide uh, television show called Christ in Prophecy. About uh, two years ago, I did two uh, television interviews with Dr. Reagan and Nathan Jones that you can see on my website, uh, which is www.todayinbibleprophecy.org. Uh, yeah. Last December, me and about 17 other uh, prophecy teachers were asked questions concerning the book of Daniel. And one of the questions that were posed to us is, is there a gap in the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy? Now, when you read Daniel chapter 9, uh, verses 24 through 27, I have to say, Brother Phil, it is one of the most greatest mathematical prophecies in the entire Word of God, which is the reason why uh, liberals today hate the book of Daniel uh, with a passion. Uh, But there is a gap of time between the 69th week and the 70th week of Daniel prophecy, and this is the reason why uh, we believe this. Uh, Going all the way back to the year 444 uh, B.C., there has to be a commencement point for the 70 weeks of prophecy. And when we go back to the year 444 B.C., reading out of Nehemiah chapter 2, we have Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem that were destroyed by the Babylonians earlier. Now, counting from 444 B.C., going all the way to the year 30 A.D., we all know what happened at that time. Uh, Jesus Christ comes down the Mount of Olives, riding on a donkey, uh, giving Israel one final opportunity to acknowledge him as their long-awaited Messiah. Unfortunately, they did not. They rejected him. The following day, he is crucified. So according to the calculations of Sir Robert Anderson, from 444 B.C., going all the way to the year April 3rd, 30 A.D., that would be the 69 weeks of prophecy, or four. 183 prophetical years going by the Jewish lunar calendar. You cannot fit those years into our Gregorian solar calendar. They don't fit, which is the reason why this has nothing to do with the church, but it has everything to do with Israel. So uh, counting those weeks from 444 B.C. to 30 A.D., that's 483 prophetical years or 173,880 days. When Jesus was crucified the following day, Brother Phil, that fulfilled the 69 weeks of prophecy. But Daniel tells us it's 70 weeks of prophecy. So then when we go to Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 27, it tells us this, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. That one week will be that future seven-year period of tribulation to come upon this world. That week has not taken place yet because the church has not been raptured. Uh, The church is still here. But when the church is raptured, then somewhere down the road, this Antichrist will come on the scene, 
And mm-hmm. Daniel 9.27 says he will confirm. doesn't say he signs anything. He confirms a covenant with many, the Jewish people, for one week. When he mm-hmm. confirms that seven-year peace treaty, Phil, that will officially kick off day one of that seven-year countdown that we call the seven-year period of tribulation. So, yes, 69 weeks have already literally been fulfilled. There is one week that is still left, and that is that future seven-year period of tribulation to come. And we are pretty close to that. And we're getting very close to that, absolutely. Yeah. So what is the uh, – what will be the – uh, what would be the event that would trigger um, end times? And it's not, I'm not trying. Go ahead. I'm, I'm not trying to. It's not trying to be a trick question because I'm really I'm 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 a conservative, but I'm uh, risky. But I'm not risky like I used to be. Where I I I, 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 I sort of take my time now. Because yes. we've been through so much stuff, but um, and I don't ever want my guests to think I'm trying to insinuate anything. But I just wanted to know what would be the what in your eyes, as far as your interpretation of the Bible, what would be an event that would trigger everything? Well, let me just put it this way, uh, Brother Phil: um, the rapture is an imminent event. I strongly believe in the doctrine of imminency. The, the New Testament is replete with the doctrine of imminency. In other words, not one single thing has to be fulfilled in order for the rapture of the church to take place. Now, we yeah. know that Jesus Christ made it very clear in Matthew chapter 24, and verse 36. But of that day and hour, knoweth no man, no, not the angels in heaven, but my father only. So that would go along the lines of imminency. However, Paul the Apostle said in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, he says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, clearly he's talking to the church here. He says, ye have no need that I write unto you, but ye yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they, the unbelieving world, when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. So what I'm trying to say is is that even though we don't know the day and the hour of the rapture of the church, yet I believe we are living in the times and the seasons of the coming of the Lord. And, yes, we do see prophecy being fulfilled. And let me give you some examples. We see the rebirth of the Jewish state of Israel, May the 14th, 1948. For 2,000 years, Israel has been dispersed to the four corners of the earth. They were people wandering from nation to nation, being persecuted by these nations, always praying, as they do in Hebrew, Lashonah Haba'ah Yerushalayim, next year in Jerusalem. And then as the Jewish prophets foretold, the Jewish prophet Ezekiel, Jeremiah, uh, Amos, that one day the Jews will be back in their own homeland. And that was fulfilled May the 14th, 1948. So now we have Israel back in the land, but they're back in the land in unbelief. And that must be the case in order to prepare them 
for that seven-year period of tribulation to come. What is the purpose of the tribulation period, Phil? The purpose of the tribulation period is to bring unbelieving Israel to faith in Jesus as her Messiah and also to bring the unbelieving nations of the world under the control of Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with the church. The church is not the object of God's wrath. The church is the object of God's love. So we know it has nothing to do with the church, but it has everything to do with Israel. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 7. It's a time of Jacob's trouble. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Seventy weeks, or that final seven-year period, seventy weeks are determined upon thy people, not Christians, the Jews, and upon thy holy city. Well, that's not Spokane, Washington. That's Jerusalem. So we know that it has everything to do with Israel and nothing to do with the church. Now we see that once they're back in the land, Jerusalem is not in their possession until the Six-Day War of 1967. Jesus prophesied that in Luke chapter 21, verse 24. They shall fall by the edge of the sword, shall be led away captive into all nations. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's a partial prophecy that hasn't been completely fulfilled, but partially it's been fulfilled because now Jerusalem is back in the hands of the Israelis due to their victory in the Six-Day War. But yet Israel is still under, if you will, Gentile influence, with the United States pushing them into a corner to accept the two-state solution, the quartet, and all, and the United Nations. So there's still a Gentile influence there, but Jerusalem is back in the hands of the Israelis, as foretold uh, by Jesus Christ. So there are just many other prophecies that we can go through uh, that suggest that we are so very near to this next prophetic event we call the rapture of the church. Yeah. Uh, in the Times of Israel, there is a uh, article that talks about the Mideast Quartet seeks Israel-Palestinian action by 2014. Yeah. Now, George Bush, George Bush slapped a time frame on it, and that was way back in 2009. So that that right. tells you why I explain why I've become conservatively risky. But but um, and I think it's near. I, I mean, I, I believe that it's so near that um, people need to start getting their house in order. But people needed to start getting their house in order a long time ago, you know, when they became over the age of accountability. But, but um, what I want to ask you is about the restrainer. Um, yes. The restrainer who who restrains. Uh, and and when I when I read on John fourteen. Chapter fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Right. right. Um, it it becomes obvious to me that the Holy Spirit's duty was to be to come down and help uh, to represent God first of all. It's like Jesus with us. Um, there, you know, Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit are one, but they act as three persons. They both have, you know, they, all three of them have duties. But um, and God the Father, of course, the you know, numero uno. But um, right. as far as far as and Jesus is even also uh, me and the Father is one. But when you um, look at the restrainer and it says that he, I, I notice a correlation between 
the iniquity reaching a certain climax and the duties of the Holy Spirit was to reprove men of evil. you have anything to add to that or do you disagree? That's fine. I'm good with that. No, I I, I, I agree with you, brother, because uh, John chapter 14, chapter 15 and chapter 16, tell us what the job of the Holy Spirit is. Uh, he he convicts the world of sin. Uh, he seals our salvation. He, uh, for lack of a better term, slaps us upside the head when we're doing wrong. Uh, that's, that's what the Spirit does. But I Amen. also believe, Brother Phil, that he is uh, the restrainer. And uh, uh-huh. when you look at Second Thessalonians chapter number uh, 2, Paul the yes. Apostle uh, talks about this, this son of perdition who will one day... Uh, come on the scene, and uh, mm-hmm. he will oppose God, and then he will one day desecrate a third Jewish temple that Israel is pushing uh, to have uh, rebuilt. And we go to Israel every single year. We just got back uh, this past March, and uh, all over the place you see signs uh, wanting to yeah. rebuild the third Jewish temple. But when uh-huh. we get to Second uh, Thessalonians uh, chapter number two and verse number six, this is what Paul says. And ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. In other words, who is holding back the Antichrist from coming on the scene? Uh, Verse 7 says, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, notice a personal pronoun there, not it, he. Only he who now letteth will let until he, personal pronoun, be taken out of the way. Now, once this key is taken out of the way, then verse 8 says, and then shall that wicked be revealed. That would be the Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. So clearly, our brother Phil, we know who that he is. It would be the third person of the Trinity. This would be God, the Holy Spirit. He is the one that is holding back the Antichrist from coming on the scene. But once the rapture of the church takes place and the church is taken out of here, then Paul lets us know that um, that when he is taken out of the way, you notice it doesn't say, Phil, that he's taken out of the world, the Holy Spirit. But that is taken out of the way. In other words, it's like he just steps aside and allows the full force of evil to come Mm -hmm. to this planet and this Antichrist, this second personality of the evil trinity, will come on the scene and do what he's going to do. So the restraint that you're talking about in John chapters 14, 15, and 16 is the same key, personal pronoun here, in 2 Thessalonians 2, who holds back this son of perdition, this wicked one, uh, until God decides to call his church out of the world, and then once the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, then shall that wicked be revealed. So yes, this restraining would be the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. And that's what uh, a lot of people um, believe, but a lot of people also believe that um, Satan is the restrainer. Now, 
I know oh, Jesus boy. said Jesus said uh, a house divided against itself would not stand. Why would the yeah, exactly. why was why would Satan stop Satan? Which is beyond me. I've heard some yeah. of the most weird. Um, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook because um, because of that. I mean, because of a lot of reasons. But for instance, the church being reserved. The, as far as Jesus is concerned, in Matthew 24, if he did not cut the thing short, no flesh will be saved. Right. Um, and so how in the world would the church go unscathed if they're going to go through the tribulation period? And and in the first three chapters excuse me, of um, Revelations, they're mentioned 19 times. The church is mentioned 19 times, and then it's no longer mentioned. After that, that's exactly, for, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, between the tribulation judgments, Phil, of chapters 6 and chapter 19, in between those chapters, we're talking about what, maybe 16 chapters, there mm-hmm. is not one reference of the church being on the earth during <clears throat> the tribulation period. Now, that's significant because before chapter number 4, you have the church mentioned between those chapters, chapter 2 and 3. And then mm-hmm. after the tribulation period of chapter 19, you have once again a reference to uh, the church. But in between those chapters that cover the tribulation period, there is not one reference to the church being on the earth at that time. Now, those who hold to all these other views, uh, the mid-trib, the post-trib, pre-wrath, Partial rapture, take your pick, brother. It's all out there. The reason why they come to those conclusions is because they spiritualize the Bible to death. They yeah. make it sound, when, when you spiritualize the scriptures, when you allegorize the Bible like Augustine did, you can make it sound any way that you want. You can come yeah. up with any type of doctrine that you want. You're in the driver's seat, you're in yeah. control. You are playing God, you are determining what the scriptures are saying, rather than the word of God itself. The Bible interprets the Bible. And yes. if we continue with this nonsense of allegorizing and spiritualizing the Bible to death, you're going to get into all kinds of doctrinal uh, trouble. The church will not be on this earth. So they try to counter-argue by saying, well, why does it refer to saints on the earth? During the tribulation period, are Christian saints? Well, of course we're uh, saints. That's the Greek word, hagion, meaning chosen ones. But here's the problem with their, their argument. Those on the earth who are saints during the tribulation period, they got saved after the tribulation period. Mm-hmm. Not before, after the tribulation period. Now, how do they get saved? One person said, well, uh, if the church ain't going to be on the earth, well, who's going to be preaching the gospel? God always has the bases covered. In Revelation chapter 7, God is going to raise up 144,000 male Jewish Israelites, 12,000 each from the 12 tribes of Israel. These guys are going to be prophesying, and many are going to come to faith through their prophesying. In Revelation chapter 11, God raises up two witnesses. They're going to be prophesying. Multitudes will come to faith during their, prophecy, uh, during their preaching of the gospel. Then in Revelation 14:6, God raises up an angel to preach the everlasting gospel to them, the unbelievers, the earth dwellers, them who dwell on the earth. 
So the church is not going to be here, but even though God is pouring out 21 judgments on the earth during the tribulation period, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vile or bold judgments, yet in his mercy, he will still have the preaching of the gospel by those three groups. Multitudes are going to get saved. Sure, some will be put to death by the Antichrist. Others will survive the tribulation period at the end of it to go into the inauguration of the millennial kingdom reign of uh, Christ. But uh, if we only just took the Bible, Phil, for its plain sense, literal meaning, looking at it from a historical, grammatical, and literal interpretation, we wouldn't get caught up with all this nonsense that you find in the other camps. Yeah, exactly. God, yeah, yes, indeed. Okay, here's a question that I, I wanted to ask. Uh, yeah. And this, I, I can go like a million directions, so uh, I'll probably try to get you back on the show a little bit later. But um, the person's decision in the tribulation period, and in, in, in other words, the book of Revelations from chapter 6 all the way to what, 18, 19, the person's decision, how, will, will their decision cost them their life? Um, will it be hard to make that decision? What would be the value of that decision? Which I would already know the answer. Most of the people listening know the answer. But yeah, yeah. What do you, if you can just fill it right now? Uh, the the Bible says that the Antichrist will frustrate the saints. And some people I've heard say, for instance, a former pastor say that the tribulation period is not global; it's it's regional. Or I've heard. You know, you know, the United States, we, we got to make things, you know, un, we're untouchable and we can't be touched. Um, so the, the person, chances of making it out of the tribulation period um, will be what? I mean, you, you almost have time to say, how, I mean, speak well, to the I audience and tell them. What you're trying but, to get at is... Will salvation come at a high price during the tribulation period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. Let me just let me just counteract one thing though. Um, for this pastor who said that the tribulation period is going to be regional and not global, that that's not even scriptural. Jesus yeah, said amen. in Luke chapter twenty-one verse thirty-six, <laughs> He says, "Watch ye therefore and pray ye always, that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass." and to stand before the Son of Man. Then he says in Revelation 3.10, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which will come upon all the world. Amen. That hour of temptation, the tribulation period, that will come upon all the world to try not us the church, but to try them who dwell on the earth. Now to that second question. Salvation will come at a very high price during the tribulation period because pretty much at that time, Christianity is outlawed. It is banned. The word of God is banned. Satan's man, whom he has energized, called the Antichrist, will come on the scene. He will take control of the ten-nation revived Roman Empire. And I tell you, brother, looking at what's going on in the European Union right now, those guys were prophesied in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Revelation 12, Revelation 13, Revelation 17 for a future revived Roman Empire. 
And out of that future revived Roman Empire will arise ten strong global nations. You can find those ten nations in Daniel chapter 7, verses 17, 20, 24, Revelation 12, 3, Revelation 13, 1, and Revelation 17, 3, 7, 12, 16, all talk about this final ten-nation revived Roman Empire. And what we see going on in the EU right now, they are at least the infrastructure for that prophecy to be fulfilled. But when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to want the entire world to worship him, take his mark. Now, when you read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Paul says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except to come a fallen away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, that is worship, so that he as God <coughs> in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So he's going to want the whole entire world to worship him as God, receive his mark. If you don't do that, you will be put to death. And again, looking at the book of Revelation, I just talked about this on my blog talk radio show uh, earlier this evening about how uh, the uh, Muslims are killing Christians worldwide simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What the Antichrist is going to do is he will kill those who trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. They refuse to take uh, the mark of these, and they will be put to death for it. When you read, Brother Phil, Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 4, this is exactly what it says. And I saw thrones, and they had sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither have received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Why were they put to death? Because they refused to worship the Antichrist. They refused to worship his image. They refused to take the mark of the beast uh, recorded in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 uh, through 18. And because of that, they were beheaded. Now, people say, well, beheaded. Isn't that a, a trait in Islam? Well, of course it's a trait uh, in Islam. It's not unique to Islam, but it is a trait to Islam. Some will say, well, won't the Antichrist use the Muslims to carry out his devious deeds? You know, that could be one scenario, but it's not likely. Why do I say that? Because one out of every three Arabs will be wiped out early on in the tribulation period and will not even be a factor in the tribulation period, because when you read Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, talks about a Russian-led Arab coalition of nations to invade the nation of Israel. That, that coalition will be destroyed by God himself. Antichrist might take credit for it. Then in Psalm 83, you have a, a coalition of Arab nations that will, again, come up against Israel. Their goal is to annihilate the state of Israel. Come, let us cut them off from being a, a, a nation, that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance, that's Psalm 83, verse number 4. God will also wipe out that Arab coalition, and again, Antichrist might take credit for it. Then Daniel chapter 11, verses 40 through 45, you have an attack on Israel from the king of the south, Egypt, the king of the north, which would be Syria, on Israel's northeast border. Antichrist will destroy 
that uh, invasion. So one out of every three arrows will be wiped out and not even be a factor in the tribulation period, which will give the Antichrist 100% opposition-free reign to do whatever he wants on Europe. Because remember, Islam means submission. They are intolerant. They don't submit to anybody, never mind an Antichrist. So that's the reason why the Muslim world will be pretty much rendered inoperable early on in the tribulation period, paved the way for the Antichrist to do uh, what he wants to do. But there will be beheading in the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9 um, also tells us that when the fifth seal is open, John said that he saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God. He said, and when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony that they had. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true? Does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So, yes, salvation will come at a very high price during the tribulation period. Many tribulation saints are going to be martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ, refusing to take the mark, rejecting the worship of the Antichrist. Others will survive the tribulation period, and uh, they will survive it at the tail end of the tribulation period to go into the millennial kingdom reign of Jesus Christ. So, yes, salvation is going to come at a very, very uh, heavy price at the tribulation period because the Antichrist will have no room in his kingdom for any type of religious freedom. Yes, amen. And if you take the mark? If you take the mark, you're, you're, how can I put it, for lack of a better term, you're toast, literally. Uh, the Bible makes it very clear for anybody who takes uh, the mark of the beast in Revelation uh, chapter 14 and in verse number 9, God gives a very, very stern, stern warning. He says, and the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image, and receive his mark in his forehead or in their hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image, and who shall receive the mark of his name. So if anybody takes the mark of the beast at that time, Phil, uh, they will have damned their souls for the rest of eternity. I don't care if they went and tried to cut their hand off. They still took the mark. They swore allegiance to the Antichrist and his kingdom. They renounced Jesus Christ, and now uh, they will spend the rest of eternity in the lake of fire. Okay. Yeah, that's selling your soul. To the devil, that's what that is. It that seems like literally means selling your soul to the devil, exactly. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, who do you believe that the Antichrist is, position-wise? No, don't don't tell me who he is, because um, <laughs> I've heard I've heard everything from Juan Carlos of Spain oh, to uh, yeah. John F. Kennedy, and you know everybody else, and old Barack Reagan, Obama. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, what my. My my thing is is that if Barack Obama's the Antichrist, then we've been left behind because exactly. he's been he's been revealed. 
So um, exactly. who, do you, who do you believe uh, the Antichrist is? And let me let me say this for a second. Um, let me actually go back to this because this is actually a question I wanted to ask. Emperor, the Emperor of Rome, uh, there was an Emperor of Worship. And the Bible talks about this guy coming to exalt himself above all that is called God. At least the emperor gave um, other people's gods uh, some, you know, room to exist. Yeah. Even even Christians at point at times. Uh, but this guy seems to exalt himself above all gods, and that's for me makes it obvious that he's not a Muslim. At least at 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 the end, he's not a Muslim. He, and then the whole world ends up uh, worshiping Satan. So, I, I'm I'm the question is is that emperor worship is that emperor worship where the Bible describes him uh, as um as one to be worshipped, or is it beyond emperor worship? Well, let me let me just let me just put it uh, this way. Um, there is nowhere in the New Testament that tells the church to look for the Antichrist. Not yeah. one single solitary reference in the New Testament tells the church to look for the Antichrist. But we are told in numerous places that we are to look for Jesus Christ because he is the promise of our blessed hope in Titus chapter 2 and verse number 13. Now, there have been, I mean, I get scores of emails sometimes even phone calls of people saying God gave them special revelation, now they know who the Antichrist is. And I've heard from Bill Clinton to Barack Obama to uh, Ronald Wilson Reagan because his first name has six numbers, his middle name six numbers, his last name. Yeah. Well, let me let everyone in on a little secret out there listening today. My name is August Nelson Rosado. My first name has six letters, my middle name six letters, my last name six letters. Now, if people look at me and say, oh, August is the Antichrist, it's absolutely delusional. It's absolutely foolishness. And yeah, that's the reason why, Brother Phil, Bible prophecy has taken a very bad reputation because mm-hmm. you have Christians out there who abuse the doctrine of, of Bible prophecy and they've wasted all of their time trying to figure out mm-hmm. who the Antichrist mm-hmm. is rather mm-hmm. than looking for Jesus Christ and trying Amen. to win souls in these Amen. last days. Christians have lost their yeah. spiritual priorities. It's really, really sick and buck. I yeah. heard one guy say this. August, if you had a, a man in mind that you think could be a good candidate for the Antichrist, not saying he is the Antichrist, but that yeah. he would be a good candidate for the Antichrist, what person would come to mind? Now, I, I, I don't like doing this, but, you know, just for the sake of the question, uh, if, if I had to choose a person who I think would make a candidate, I'm not saying that he is. I want to make that very clear to your radio listening audience. I'm not saying he is. But if I had a candidate in mind, I would probably have to go with Tony Blair. I think he would make a good candidate. I'm not saying he is the Antichrist. But because he is the Middle Eastern, he is the Middle East Quartet for the United States, the European Union, the United Nations, and Russia. He, Russia. he is the uh, Middle East envoy. He has an office in 
Jerusalem. Uh, he opposes the Arab world very strongly, strongly opposes the Arab world. He has the respect of all world leaders, even calling him on a first name uh, basis. And, uh, he j- and he also has a very, very close ties with the Vatican, very strong close ties uh, with the Roman Catholic Church. But he, he is one who staunchly opposes uh, uh, Islam, and he says we should not trust Islam at all. So, again, I'm not saying he is the Antichrist. All I'm saying is he should be a very good candidate uh, yeah. for the Antichrist. We're not saying that he is. It could be uh, um, somebody else. But when you talk about emperor uh, worship, you know, it's interesting that when you look at the number 666 in Revelation chapter 13, verses 16 through 18, uh, verse 18 says, Here is the mind which hath wisdom. He says, Let him uh, count the number of the beast, for it is the number of men, for his number is 603 scores, 6666. Isn't it interesting that we look at Caesar Miro? If you were to say his name in Hebrew, Phil, it would be Kazer Miro. And when you look at the Hebrew alphabet, uh, they have numerical values to each each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And when you add up Caesar Miro, Kazer Miro, it adds up to six, 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 six hundred and sixty-six. Now, that, hmm. now, Nero, of course, wasn't the Antichrist, but he prefigured the Antichrist because he was absolutely insane. And this guy killed Christians uh, left and right. But will the Antichrist be Muslim or will he be Roman? Will he be of European descent? But again, the new teaching going on out there today is that the Antichrist is going to be a Muslim. How do they, why do they believe that? Spiritualizing the scriptures, making the sound any way we want, taking those passages out of context. Read Daniel 9:26. He says, After three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city of the sanctuary. Fulfill, who was it that destroyed the temple in 70 AD? Rome. It, it was Rome. It was the Roman Empire. Now, those who say, well, but the Roman Empire consisted of Syrians and Turks and Arabians. It doesn't matter if they consisted of Chinese or Portuguese or Russians. It was still the Roman Empire. It was the Roman General Titus, the son of the Roman Emperor Vespasian, who who brought in the 10th Roman Legion into Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. Now, uh, Daniel said, the people, Romans, of the prince. That's the Antichrist. So he must come from those people who destroyed the city and the sanctuary in 70 AD. And if the Antichrist was going to be a Muslim, Brother Phil, do you think for a moment that Israel would trust their security to a Muslim? Mm. Don't think so. Don't think so at all. So we know that he will be of European descent, of Roman descent, who takes over a ten-nation revived Roman Empire, the European Union, and he'll do what he wants to do. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's basically uh, what I believe uh, is going to happen. I kind of uh, listened to um, 
the reason um, of uh, him being uh, Islam. Uh, but I, I just don't think it makes any sense to me, at least, because uh, I, I think what he does, though, is he gets some ideas from Islam because of the beheadings. But I, I don't, I don't know how all that fits in. But I don't, I don't see him as a as a full blown. Maybe he's a sellout. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know because um, the reason why I say he's a sellout is because how do you end up saying I am God from Islam? It's beyond me. Now, if you oh, if, if, oh, the Mor- if the Mormon oh, wait, church, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you. No, you I was just gonna, right there, Phil. Yeah. I I was just going to say the Mormon church believe that they they can become gods, and I think right. if I'm not mistaken, as Islam um, believe that if you kill somebody, you get to go and you know get married to seventy two virgins. Yeah, paradise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, and your God. Even with that argument, even with that argument, Phil, do you think if a Muslim comes on the scene and he tells another Muslim that he is God, you think that Muslim is going to follow that person? Because nope. Islam is a monotheistic religion, like mm-hmm. Judaism is a monotheistic uh, religion, Christianity yeah. is a monotheistic faith. And so for one Muslim to say to another Muslim, I'm God, I mean, half the Muslim world will look at you and say, you're a nutcase. And would probably mm-hmm. end up killing that person because to them that's blasphemy because to them there's only one God, and that is Allah. So that's another argument against this yeah. so-called Islamic Antichrist. I know people like, you know, uh, you know Joe Van Kuhlren and Perry Stone, you know, they all jump on board with that stuff there. And uh, and now, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think maybe uh, Jack Van Impey's starting to jump on there a little bit, even though he hasn't fully come forth and saying that. But what he's been saying here and there, you know, seems to go along the line uh, with that. And, uh, yeah, but, Jack, uh, we, Jack we Van Impey. Jack Van Impey, he, he, he's, a, he's a good guy. He, he knows the Bible, but oh, he, sure. he, he sort of comes up with, you know, different beliefs but here's my thing though with the with the Islam thing. I'm wondering I'm I am i am wondering why the Antichrist gets assassinated. And the and the reason why I bring that up is because what makes me think maybe he is a sellout to Islam and they shot him. I don't know. That's just speculation. I just it's just yeah. let me get off my soap let me get off my soapbox. But uh, well, thank you for coming <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming I on. I told you I'm conservative. I'm conservative, but I'm risky sometimes. I like to say some certain stuff to make my guests say, "What the heck?" But um, hey, I don't know. That's just speculation. Well, uh, I used to I used to believe that back in the day when I got saved in '88 and you know watching all these prophecy movies in the '70s about Antichrist. You know, he comes out of this limousine. He's surrounded by all this secret service <clears throat> guys and. Thousands yeah. of people are waving at him, and all of a sudden this maniac Christian comes out of nowhere and shoots him. He dies, and then uh, three days later he rises from the dead. Uh, brother, yeah. nothing can be more unbiblical. Satan yeah. does not have the power to raise anybody from the dead. Uh, neither does he have the power to create life. But when a lot of people try to use Revelation chapter 13, verse 3, to try to prove a, an assassination, and I saw one yeah. of his heads as it was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. So that's really not that's not talking about 
and assassination. He's talking about that final seventh world empire that is <coughs> revived. When you read verse number one of Revelation 13, he says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, I saw a beast, that's the Antichrist, rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Now we know those seven heads would refer to the six past world empires and a future seventh revived Roman Empire. We know those six past world empires were Assyria, Egypt, Babylon, the Medes and the Persians. They functioned as one unit, Greece, and then Rome. And then Rome declined as an empire in the 5th century A.D., but then Daniel and John see their emergence, the revival of a future Roman Empire. That would be that seventh head that we read about in verse number three. I saw one of his heads that was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. That would be the revived Roman Empire. And all the world wondered after the beast. Even today, when people talk about the European Union, political analysts are calling the European Union the United States of Europe. Even the CIA said that the European Union will be a force to be reckoned with, with nations who are joining the European Union. You've got 28 member nations in the European Union right now. For these 28 member nations to give up their sovereignty as a nation to the European Union, according to the CIA, is absolutely unprecedented. And so that's what he's talking about here in verse number three when he says he saw one of his heads as it was wounded to death. That would be the revival of the ancient Roman Empire, a future revived Roman Empire. And again, we believe the European Union today. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for coming on, brother. And I'm um, sharing your time with us. I know you're busy, um, man. Uh, and we thank you so much, uh, the listeners. Appreciate it. Um, could you tell us where we can get in touch with your um, shows and, and your uh, your website and find out more information if if you got a prophecy conference in their area? Sure, absolutely, uh, Phil. Uh, they can go to my website at www.todayinbibleprophecy.org. Uh, they can look at my calendar of events and see if I'm going to be at a church near them. My wife and I are on the road almost 47 weeks out of the year, preaching at churches all over the country. Uh, every Saturday at 5 p.m., uh, we have, like you do, brother, we have a radio show on Blog Talk Radio, Today in Bible Prophecy Radio with August Rosado, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a toll-free number where people can call and ask a prophecy question. Uh, if they want to receive our free weekly email newsletters, Again, go to my website, todayinbibleprophecy.org. Scroll down to the very bottom left. Type in your email address and the email sign-up. They'll start receiving our newsletters. Uh, they can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, on uh, Facebook. And if they're interested and want to come on our Bible Prophecy Tour to Israel, March 15th, 24th, 2014, they can call us up, and uh, they can uh, get information as well for that. Amen, amen. And also, bro, um, probably the first of the year, I would like to have you back on the show and you talk about um, the news and, and things that's uh, happening in Bible prophecy. Because uh, Jesus Christ is coming back soon, and um, and we need to join forces as much as we can to get this word out. And I'm pretty sure people will enjoy tonight's show as well. Thank you, brother. I would love to come back, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was a blessing, blessed uh, interview from 
Brother August, um, we thank him for coming on, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This next announcement is serious news, and you won't hear it in the mainstream media. We are living in an age full of catastrophic events, and it's getting worse. But before we go on, remember this website, highgrounds.us. In the past two decades, natural disasters have increased by 800% within the U.S. alone. Cataclysms like Hurricane Katrina killed and displaced thousands because they were not prepared. And the 2008 economic collapse could happen again, but be much, much worse. So type this into your web browser, highgrounds.us. Highgrounds.us is your complete source for family survival necessities. You'll find food and water with a shelf life of 25 to 30 years, plus tents, portable containers, light, heat, first aid, and much more. Go to our website, highgrounds.us, or call 1-888-202-9094. Place your order now and be prepared. That's H-I-G-H, highgrounds.us. Hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Highgrounds.us. October 30th, 1991. President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTernan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. Ah, man, uh, we had an excellent night tonight. Uh, it's a blessing from God. Uh, we are going to have more um, guests on um, starting tomorrow. Doc Marquise will be here tomorrow to talk about the New World Order, and uh, that'll be a treat. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, secret societies, the Illuminati, and uh, how the world is headed for a one-world government. And stay tuned. Uh, also, we're going to have Terry James on the first week of um, October, and... Um, Bill Silas on also. So y'all have a wonderful uh, day. Uh, and uh, believe me, God is coming back soon. That's why we do these programs. And Jesus is Lord. So have a good night and God bless. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on the Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.